0: Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. <laughs> so step inside, gluttony Hi, Becca. How are you? Gretchen, hello. Welcome to the Homestead Gluttoniers. We are still in the thick of our Marcello month. So you are not done hearing about Marcella Hazon. And luckily, we are still so excited to keep talking about her and her recipes. Before we get into that, what are you smoking, Gretchen? I'm enjoying some
1: Royal Ringo joint again. It's a favorite. I like those high CBD mixed with a little bit of THC blends. They're very nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a terpene profile?
1: Nope. Sorry.
0: Nope. nope. Good stuff is what it is.
1: Yeah. They. I don't know if they just haven't tested it or what, but there's no no real info. I All know. right. I just like it.
0: <laughs> Whatever it is, tastes good. Feels good. I'm enjoying some Shango duct tape. Which I had just a little bit of after I used it for our can of butter. And it's lemonine, beta caryophylline, and myrcene.
1: Oh, beta caryophylline. Whatever that is. Whatever that is.
0: And then we are both sipping on some lambrusco, which yeah. I don't I've never really had before. So what is your experience with lambrusco?
1: I really came to appreciate it when I was visiting Italy and got to have some as part of my lovely dinner in the first night in Parma. And then I drank it the rest of the time I was there. So I love a good red sparkling wine anyway. So I was destined to, to be into Lambrusco and enjoy it. Nice thing is you can pick up a bottle for about
0: 20 bucks and it's delicious. I think mine was six at Trader Joe's and <laughs> it was the only one they had. And I was like, well, <laughs> perfect.
1: Dang, six. I guess I should have gone to Trader Joe's instead of sticking with Whole Foods, but I was in Whole Foods. I didn't feel like making another stop.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I was glad it was there because I was almost going to be like, I can't find it if they didn't have it there. So Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I wouldn't have blamed you because it's still kind of a panned wine as far as I can tell, like not really well-respected or really well-known outside of Italy at all. For the most part, there's not like a... like one big brand that exports Lambrusco. It's a definitely a bit of a seeker-outer kind of wine.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you suggested it and we sought it out because I will be going back for some more $6 Lambrusco. Yes, please.
1: I mean, it really mixes the best worlds of a sparkling wine and a red wine because you get like a little bit of the tannins from the red wine. It's a little bit more complex than like just a, a white sparkling wine, kind of of the same price range. So I think it's something that you just get a little bit more complexity and like it can hold up to a meat dish, but you can drink it as a before meal thing. And I think it'll go really nicely with what we're actually going to cook, make today, I should say, what we're making today because there is no cooking involved
0: because it's summer and it's hot and we don't Mm -hmm. feel like cooking right now. It's literally walnuts, butter, Parmesan, basil. That's it. Yes, please. Yes, because please. we had,
1: yeah, we had to have lots of time to gush about Marcella and read more of Marcella. Marcella. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? Marcella. We had mo- needed more time to talk about Marcella. We needed more time to read more of Marcella's book and talk about her husband, Victor, who was a wine expert. Nice that we're doing the wine thing for in honor of Victor.
0: Cheers, Victor. Or salute what uh, what do you salute.
1: Yeah, I think it's salute.
0: (laughs) So we're still in the Marcella world. We are still reading from the Marcella's Italian Kitchen book. We're in the intro part still, but um, we're going to talk about the section of the intro called The Taste of Italian Cooking and Marcella's Elementary Rules. But like Gretchen said, right before that, we do want to talk just like a teeny bit more about Victor, because he was like a huge partner to Marcella in the kitchen. He translated her books. They wrote this really great book together that Gretchen and I both got called Ingrediente. That's kind of like just going to a farmer's market with them and talking about vegetables and food, and I can't wait to get into that one a little bit more. Maybe maybe a a couple of months
1: worth of Marcella and <laughs> uh, Victor chat on this podcast.
0: This, this is just a Marcella Hayes on podcast yeah. <laughs> now.
1: It's been hijacked.
0: Oh no. Yeah. So, we're going to read through elementary rules. We're going to, Gretchen's going to read a cocktail that Victor kind of created. And I think they called it Victor's potion. So, that's why we're talking about him a little bit more. It looks delicious. And then we're going to make those Parmesan butter walnuts that we'll enjoy a little bit later. And then Gretchen and I each picked two of our favorite appetizer recipes from the appetizer section that we will each read. So, again, another kind of interesting. Chef, cook, 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 quest (laughs) kind of
1: thing. (laughs) Chef, quest, cooker, book cookery, whatever. Chef, quest, cookery. Uh, I don't know, I don't know.
0: Maybe there's something in there. There's something in there, maybe, (laughs) maybe.
1: Did you wanna read to us the elementary rules that Marcella is setting out
0: for us as far as how to enjoy the taste of Italian cooking? I'm so glad you asked that. I would love nothing more than to read this to you. All right. Let's imagine you're Marcella. You're sitting in your kitchen. You're just thinking about all of the amazing, humble recipes you want to make. And here's what she's saying as absolute must-haves when you're cooking Italian food. Although we should say this was in 1985. So some of these things like the quality of the availability of things may have shifted since that time.
1: But good point. Still. Yes more imports these days but it's still true like food in Italy is very different and you can't really make it quite the same and it's that's true with any cuisine though there it's, you go the
0: language of food marcella says i wish i could take you into my kitchen and say look this is how it's done here taste this sauce that is what i mean by fresh and light bite into that chicken see how tender it is all the way through we meet however only in these pages which I hope can connect my kitchen with yours. I shall try to make that connection a good one, to be clear about the principles of taste that guide me as an Italian cook, to set down those recipes that seem best to exemplify such principles. And through the introductions to the recipes, I hope to communicate some notion of their flavor, to show how the dishes evolved, what choices were made and why. Let us begin with the basic rules of usage. Some may coincide with or differ from those of other cuisines, but all are fundamental to the practice of good Italian cooking. Use no Parmesan. That is not Parmigiano reg- Reggiano. If you're interested, there's a full discussion on page 11, which we may or may not have time to read, but hopefully we can. Maybe not. Check it out for yourself if you don't get to it. We'll get to it someday. <laughs> Never buy grated cheese of any kind. Grate cheese fresh when ready to use it. With exceedingly rare exceptions, do not add grated cheese to dishes or sauces cooked with olive oil. Use only extra virgin olive oil. Dress salads with no other oil but olive. Do not use prepared salad dressings, even if prepared at home. Mix the condiments into the salad when you are tossing it. Toss salads just before serving. Use herbs and spices sparingly. Think of them as a halo, not a club. Do not confuse stock with meat broth. Meat broth is what goes into Italian cooking.
1: I fucking love her rules, by the way. So she's like, excuse me, don't you dare bring that stock shit anywhere near my dishes. Are you you joking with that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) A meat broth only. Thank you. broth only. That's great. When ripe fresh tomatoes are in season, do not use the canned. Abstain from frozen vegetables, except for frozen leaf spinach, which can be substituted for fresh in making green pasta. Fun. Mm -hmm. Do not overcook pasta. Do not pre cook pasta. Do not esteem so called fresh pasta more than the dry factory made variety. Match the sauce to the pasta taking into account the shape and texture of pasta. Do not buy prepared pasta salads, pre-cooked or frozen pasta, or stuffed pasta. Do not turn heavy cream into a warm bath for pasta or for anything else. Reduce it, reduce it, reduce it.
1: I put a question mark next to that one because I was like how often is she just finding people that are just like putting like heavy cream on its own like (laughs) no cooking into it just she is like absolutely fucking not do not ever I love that don't
0: embarrass yourself with that warm bath of heavy cream
1: (laughs) I like this next one coming up too this is another one of my favorites so
0: (laughs) okay vegetables and beans are on occasion passed through a food meal food mill Do not process them to a cream. In Italian cooking, there is no cream of anything soup. (laughs) (laughs) Just mm, never ever. Scratch it. Never ever. (laughs) Do not serve fowl rare. Italian birds are cooked through and through. Do not clarify butter. When making risotto, use only Italian varieties grown for that purpose. Find a butcher who will cut scallopini Across the grain from the top round. (laughs) Very important.
1: Very important.
0: And lastly, equally as important, unless you are on a medically prescribed diet, do not shrink from using what salt is necessary to draw out the flavor of food. Thank you, Marcella. No other excuse.
1: No. It's
0: just medical diet only.
1: (laughs) Only medical excuses. That's it. All and right. thus
0: concludes the elementary rules for the taste of Italian cooking.
1: Yay! We got them in. Yes,
0: we did. So would you like to read to us the Victor's Potion cocktail that they used to make together?
1: Yes. Yes, I will. Or, in, or as the title really should be read, l'aperitivo di Victor. Before we get into the recipes, let us start the juices flowing with the drink. This is Our House Aperitivo, concocted by my husband when we were living in Milan. It has a beautiful coral red color and is smooth, fragrant, refreshing, and potent. Here is Victor's description of how he goes about making it. Salute! One part well-chilled Campari, one half part vodka kept in the freezer, so apparently also quite well-chilled, half part chilled aromatic sweet white wine, possibly a Moscato Natural from Piedmont, or a late harvest Riesling from California, or a German Bernausles, or a Trocken Bernausles, or a French Sauterne. a sprig of fresh mint, one part freshly squeezed orange juice, possibly using blood oranges if available, and a thin slice of lemon for each glass. Step one, Combine the Campari, vodka, and wine in a pitcher and stir. Add the mint, stir, and cover the pitcher with plastic wrap and place it in the refrigerator for 30 minutes. Step three, remove from the refrigerator, discard the plastic wrap, add the orange juice, and stir several times. Remove and discard the mint. Place a slice of lemon in each glass and serve. So there you go. Sounds, sounds delicious. I want to make it right now. But- I know. No, not we're Maybe not doing next, that next the time. Next, next time. Yeah, we should definitely do it, do it for the next time though. I have plenty of dessert wine at my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were joking earlier, Gretchen and I, when we were looking at that recipe. That it obviously has to be a Victor cocktail because there's like five different wine options. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then today we are making the second recipe in the appetizer section: Nochi in Camillia. Chiamachia. Chiamachia? We'll say that. Walnuts in Parmesan butter. Walnuts with Parmesan are a hallowed but never palling coupling of tastes. In Emilia Romagna, while waiting for the first course to arrive, a platter of shelled walnuts with slivers of tender young Parmesan may be passed around to soothe impatient appetites. It is likely to be washed down with a fresh prickly white wine. The order is sometimes reversed, the offering coming at the end of the meal, rather than at the beginning of the meal. Then, with the nuts, one might serve an older, firmer, more savory Parmesan and finish off with the last glass of the deepest, most complex red wine served with dinner. It occurred to me that binding the two ingredients would make an elegant and tasty biteful to serve with an aperitif before going to the table. I grated the cheese, added just enough butter to hold the mixture together with a little basil to contribute a cool, fresh accent. For convenience' sake, you can use shelled walnuts. If you take the trouble to shell them yourself, they may taste fresher. The trick in shelling walnuts without breaking the meat into bits is one I learned in Sorrento, where the sweetest thin-shelled walnuts come from. Put away the nutcracker and stand the walnut on its rounded base. its pointed end facing up. Then give the pointy tip a few sharp wraps with a heavy knife handle or similar object, and the shell begins to crack, pry it apart, and extract the meat whole or in two separate halves.
0: We are not using shelled walnuts. I'm never using shelled nuts again after the pistachio (laughs) disaster.
1: (laughs) The pistachio disaster, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, there is no, uh, no... Although now I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if I should find some walnuts and shells so I can shell them (laughs) myself. So I also want to make my own nocino. So that's a whole different episode to go thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So there's many reasons. So I'll read the official ingredient quantities. And then Mm -hmm. would you read our steps for these walnuts before we head into the kitchen to mix them up? Yep. Okay. One third cup of freshly grated Parmigiano Reggiano. Freshly grated, we learned super, super important. One tablespoon butter softened to room temperature. One teaspoon chopped fresh basil. And a quarter pound of shelled walnut halves. I think I have unsalted butter. So I will probably do a little salt.
1: Yeah, I I also have unsalted butter. So yeah, I might add just just a smidge. Okay, so
0: what do we do with those? step number one in
1: a bowl combine all the ingredients except the walnuts until they are thoroughly amalgamated into a smooth paste step two scoop up some of the cheese and butter mixture with your fingers and apply to the walnuts sheathing each half only partially leaving about one third exposed step three place the coated walnut in a dish without overlapping them and refrigerate until ready to serve ahead of time note You can prepare the cheese and butter mixture in the morning for the evening, but it is best to coat the walnuts not earlier than one to two hours before serving. Serving suggestion Serve with a glass of dry sparkling wine or other paratisse before dinner or at other suitable times outside meals. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Really, whenever the fuck you feel like eating them. <laughs> buttered walnuts, yeah. <laughs> Parmesan buttered walnuts. I used to be able to find this Parmesan butter, so made from Parmesan ca- like cows that live in the Parma region. And I was like, oh, I should get some of that. And they used to carry it at Whole Foods on occasion. And I forgot to even look when I was there. So bummed. Tragic. Next time.
0: Next time. OK, let's move into the kitchen.
1: Let's make some nuts. Oh, my God. I love this wine so much. What's yours taste like? Mine has, mine's definitely got like a very
0: tart cranberry kind of quality to it. It's a little like raspberry-y. Ooh, nice. It's really sweet right up front. It's almost like a little like cloying right mm-hmm. in the very beginning. But then there's like a really nice like acid finish like at the back of my mm-hmm. tongue. That's
1: really Pretty nice. lovely.
0: Maybe or- like a citrus, like an orange too.
1: Yeah, I think mine's got a little bit of a blood orange quality to it. Mm.
0: It's but- I love it. Yeah. I didn't even look at the alcohol. Well, I'll check it later. Mine's 11.5. 11. Yeah, I was going to guess low. The color is such a pretty dark, dark Red cranberry.
1: Color. Yeah. I've washed my hands so that I'm ready to to do all this food touching. And okay. I'm going to put a little little sprinkle of salt in there. So, for... you've already,
0: so you've got your Parmesan and your butter in a bowl.
1: Yep. With my basil. Oh my God. I think I just mixed in like so much butter. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I have to measure it out. I just like True. plopped it in there. I mean, it was like two tablespoons. So it's not like it was like, too, too much. Yeah, definitely more than she was really calling for. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm all mixed up. Okay, so. same. So now we like dip our walnuts into this mixture. And she said t- said to leave like a third not covered in butter.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think I got maybe closer to a fifth not covered in butter on that one. Oops. Okay. Yeah, I can see that this would maybe be one time where I'd say that shelling your own nuts could have an advantage because they clearly aren't taking as much care with shelling them. Mhm. But this is kind of fun. It is kind of fun. It's like a little Play-Doh-y. I mean, and this is so simple. So if it's really delicious, like... Yay. Yeah, yeah. Or I wonder if you could even take it a step further and like do the, maybe just like toss them in butter and like toast them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then,
1: like, right out of the oven, sprinkle over some, like, fresh Parmesan. So it sort of just melts on there a little bit. Yeah. And then put a little basil on top. hmm I'd eat it. Yeah, I don't think I'd say no. I think we're both really quiet. We're super into this. <laughs> we're, we we must, must be enjoying it, yeah. It's just so soothing. It really is. So soothing. It smells really good, too. It does. Oh, I'm excited. I know. Like, <laughs> this is a really nice, like, little... Canopy type thing like I think the the half like a full half walnut is obviously the superior vehicle for this because a quarter just looks sad
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and I would be really interested to try it with like a fancy butter
0: yeah wonder what I'm gonna do with that leftover butter I feel like this is the kind of thing too that like you once you do it a couple of times you'd get a really good rhythm or like get a good routine of like how to do it get, yeah yeah <laughs> And they'd be like real assembly liney. Oh my God. So good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to
1: try those again in a little bit when they've sat for a few. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to salt. I'm going to do that now. Not sure I'm really feeling the pairing of this particular Lambrusco with the walnut, but ah, mm-hmm. might have been a little bit of a swing and a miss on my
0: end. Worth it for the Lambrusco. Mm-hmm. Never going to say no to Lambrusco. So I think uh, walnuts definitely uh, hit. So far. How long do they stay in the fridge for? 30 minutes?
1: Um, It just says refrigerate until ready to serve. So really any (laughs) time.
0: Okay, perfect. We're already both very intrigued and delighted by the walnuts, even though they're not cold and ready to be like fully tasted yet. But what a fun process. I'm very zen.
1: Felt very (laughs) at peace with it.
0: Yeah. I only have to worry about getting enough of this mixture on two-thirds of this walnut,
1: (laughs) if you even want to be that picky about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we also both found a couple of other recipes that look very interesting to us that we're not going to make today, but wanted to share because of that enthusiasm. Gretchen, do you want to read your first one? I'm so excited. Now, should I go in order that they are in the
1: book, or should I go in alphabetical order? Do you have a say?
0: I guess either you're the one you're most excited about first or whichever one comes in the book first.
1: All right. Well, I think I'll talk about the artichokes then because I love art jokes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Let's hear it.
1: So we have preserved artichoke carts cooked in honey. Eight miles outside of Bologna in the farming town of Castel San Pietro, the Piana family makes some of Italy's finest honey. On a tasting call there, I was surprised not by the variety and quality of the honeys, of which I had some prior knowledge, but by a family specialty served later at the table. Artichoke carts cooked with vinegar and honey and then packed in olive oil. They were luscious beyond comparison with any other preserved artichoke I have ever known. They are ready to eat almost immediately or they will keep for months if one can save them for that long. I have retouched the Piana's original recipe eliminating the white wine they add to the vinegar and honey i find it diminished the sumptuously mellow quality of this preparation and that's the end of that part of it so now this is the recipe so we have three medium artichokes freshly squeezed juice of half a lemon one cup red wine vinegar two tablespoons of salt one and a half tablespoons of honey and extra virgin olive oil step one Trim the artichokes of all their tough leaves and tops as described on page 80. Cut each trimmed artichoke into six sections, putting each wedge as you cut it into a bowl of of water acidulated with the lemon juice. Step two, put two cups of water and the vinegar in the saucepan and bring them to a boil. Add the salt and the artichoke wedges and cover the pan. When the liquid resumes boiling, let boil for two to three minutes, then put in the honey. Step four, boil the artichokes for four more minutes, then drain them. Squeeze them thoroughly dry with kitchen towels and set them aside to cool completely. Step five, choose a screw top jar about one cup in which the artichokes will fit tightly packed. Put in the artichokes, pour enough olive oil to cover and wait for it to settle. Add more oil if necessary, screw the top on tightly. Note, if you repeat the recipe within 10 to 14 days, save the oil and use it again, adding what fresh oil may be necessary. Storage note, keep the jar in the refrigerator. The artichokes are ready to eat within a day and will last easily two months or more. Remove them from the refrigerator in sufficient time before serving to allow the congealed olive oil to liquefy. Serving suggestion, serve alongside boiled or grilled meats, Place in the center of a plate of cold meat served as an appetizer or making part of a buffet. Slice very thin and add to prosciutto in a sandwich. Oh God, that sounds good. Also see Bolognese pickled onions, page 49. Pickled raw eggplant, page 51. And eggplant preserved in oil, page 52. Yum. Yeah, I want that sandwich, you know. I didn't buy <laughs> any prosciutto today because I was like, you don't need it. You need to eat the food in your house resist the urge to buy more food let's talk about food waste Gretchen but now you wish you bought that prosciutto
0: yeah I do
1: I really really wish I had I'm sad oh well
0: well yes that was a close contender we definitely wanted to make that one so that's Gretchen's first honorable mention. All right, bruschetta al pomodoro, grilled bread with olive oil, garlic, and tomato. So simple, here we go. When many years ago and newly arrived in America, I was asked at the table of friends if I'd like some Italian garlic bread. I thought as I accepted how nice that they know about bruschetta. After a while, a warm bundle and a napkin was brought to the table and unwrapped to disclose a steaming loaf of bread split in two. It's redolently garlicky inside drenched in butter. I rethought, no, they don't know about bruschetta. (laughs) (laughs) Garlic bread in Italy, bruschetta, is never made with butter, but with fruity extra virgin olive oil. It isn't heated in an oven. It is sliced, crusty bread that is grilled preferably, if possible, over charcoal. It must be crisp, never steamy. The garlic is rubbed lightly over the hot bread after it is removed from the grill. Then it is drizzled with olive oil and is deliciously complete. This version goes one step further, featuring tiny cubes of ripe, firm, fresh tomatoes and the added fragrance of basil or oregano. So those ingredients are four fresh, ripe, firm plum tomatoes. It's a lot of descriptors. (laughs) Four large or six small fresh basil leaves or a few pinches of oregano. Six one-half-inch thick slices of good crusty country-style bread. A hot charcoal grill. Three or four garlic cloves peeled and mashed. The cloves are peeled and mashed. Mm -hmm. Salt, black pepper, and a grinder, three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil. Step one, wash the tomatoes, split them in half lengthwise, pick out as many seeds as possible with the tip of a paring knife, and dice the tomatoes into three quarter inch cubes. Step two, wash the basil leaves, shake them thoroughly dry, and tear them by hand into tiny pieces. For more pungent flavor, a few pinches of oregano can be substituted for the basil. Step three, grill the bread on both sides. While still hot from the grill, rub one side of each slice with the mashed garlic. Spread over it the tomato and basil or oregano and sprinkle with salt and a grinding of pepper and top with a trickle of olive oil. If the olive oil is truly choice, you can increase the amount. Serve at once. Ahead of time note, bruschetta is best when served hot from the grill as described above. If it is necessary to grill it in advance, however, rub it with garlic while it is still hot, then add all the other ingredients when ready to serve. Serving suggestions, as an appetizer, when making a barbecue, as part of a buffet, if cut into bite-sized squares, with drinks before dinner, it would be inappropriate at table for a formal sit-down meal don't you don't you dare sit down and eat (laughs) bruschetta you'd really really embarrass yourself there I don't I don't recommend that no 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 I will (laughs) never I love never do that never I love her serving suggestions and extra notes and just that whole sense of like it's like having a conversation with her
1: Mm mm-hmm I I, it is nice to get like the that like paragraph beforehand with the backstory, and she write like writes it so well that like this, this is a very well written cookbook, <laughs> my opinion. Other people may have a different opinion. All right, so I am doing canapes with whipped mortadella and pickles. <laughs> Total
0: Gretchen <laughs> recipe.
1: Yes. Mmm, meat paste. <laughs> whipped meat. Whipped meat, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Two aspects of our life in Menace led to this recipe. There are 82 steps from the ground level to our floor. Our 16th century house has no elevator and the telephone is always ringing, announcing visitors. One day, the call came late in the afternoon and the only time we were free to see the callers was immediately. I had nothing in the house to serve with drinks, and having been out several times that morning, I felt running down to the shops and back up again was out of the question. The only thing the refrigerator offered was mortadella, the Italian sausage. To serve it as I found it, sliced, seemed unsuitable. So I processed it into a foam, mixed it with chopped pickles, and presented it over rounds of good but tender bread. It was so warmly received that it has since become a fixed part of our welcome. She's a genius.
0: She's just like, uh, let's try this. Oh, it's wonderful. Perfect. It's amazing. <laughs> Food genius.
1: All right. For This is enough for 16 canapes. Enough good quality, firm white bread or its equivalent to make 16 squares or rounds. About one and three quarters inch square or in diameter. Four ounces of mortadella one and a half tablespoons of butter, one tablespoon of cornichons or similar cucumber pickles, chopped fine, plus two to three pickles sliced into rounds. Trim the bread of its crust and cut the slices into 16 squares or make 16 rounds. Peel away the casing from a mortadella and put the mortadella and the butter into a food processor or blender. Process into a creamy consistency, remove it from the processor or blender's bowl. Mix the chopped pickles, the pieces should be no bigger than one third of a grain of rice with the mortadella. Place enough of the mixture over each square or round of bread to make a mound about a half inch high. Top the mound with a single disc of the sliced pickle. Ahead of time note, the mixture of mortadella and chopped pickles can be prepared a day in advance and refrigerated. Remove it from the refrigerator in sufficient time before serving so that it's soft enough to spread. The canapes can be completed fully one hour prior to serving and kept at room temperature. Serving suggestions. With wine or other aperitifs, along with or in place of walnuts and Parmesan butter, it can be an appealing addition to a buffet.
0: Are you like chomping at the bit to make that right now?
1: Yeah, I'm like can I have a just throw a dinner party right now? I'm going to throw a dinner party right now.
0: I made me want to have a dinner party too. I was like, I want to have a course dinner and make canapes and make people listen to like Rod Stewart.
1: (laughs) Rod Stewart specifically, like that's a pretty. I love Rod
0: Stewart for cocktail hour. (laughs) I mean,
1: I'm not gonna argue with you. It seems I don't know that I would have picked out Rod Stewart, but. I, I can't argue with the fact that he would he does accompany a cocktail hour
0: quite nicely. When I would have dinner at our mutual friend in Napa's mom's house, mm. she, she would always let she would always be like, "Go pick some music out." Like when we'd be making the appetizers and cooking and stuff, and I'd always go put Rod Stewart on. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I liked that. The the pickles were chopped so, so small, a third of the size of a grain of rice. Yeah, I was like, wow, oh, that not, a, I don't like that. <laughs> well, yeah, from a chopping perspective, I was just thinking about biting into that and the texture is like all consistent, I would imagine, kind of then. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you just like get a, just a tiny snip of little like sharp, firm, but also
0: melty pickle and Mm. Oh man. Yum. Well, let me wet your appetite with another canapé. No. <laughs> I know. I already want to eat all the things. <laughs> I know. This will be the last one and then we'll have to go taste our walnuts. Yes. So I'm not going to try to read the Italian version of this or the the actual name, the Italian name. I'm. It's canapés with gorgonzola and pine nuts. So the idea for these canapés has a double origin. In the classic combination of gorgonzola and nuts that in Italy is served at dinner's end and the fact that the oven is very kind to gorgonzola. The winning fresh out of the oven tastiness of these canapes conceals the fact that all the preparation can be done ahead of time. Wonderful. (laughs) That's the only bit of intro on this one. So kind of a shorter one. And then the ingredients are four tablespoons of butter softened to room temperature five ounces of creamy gorgonzola cut into small pieces, two tablespoons of chopped fresh basil or parsley, basil optional, Mm -hmm. one and a half tablespoons chopped pine nuts, black pepper in a grinder, one and a half tablespoons whole pine nuts, and six slices of good quality firm white bread trimmed of its crust again. Mm -hmm. Step one. Turn on the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Step two, put the butter, gorgonzola, basil or parsley, chopped pine nuts, and several grindings of pepper in a bowl. With a wooden spoon, mash all the ingredients until they form a smooth, dense cream. You can use a food processor, but it is likely to liquefy the mixture too much. Step three, mix the whole pine nuts into the creamy mixture. Step four, Spread the mixture over the bread slices, leaving a rim of about 1 8 inch uncovered. Place the bread on a baking sheet and toast in the upper level of the, of the preheated oven until the bread becomes colored a light brown at the edges. Step six, cut each slice of bread diagonally into two triangles and allow to cool for a moment or so before serving. Serving suggestions before dinner with wine or other aperitifs or as part of a buffet. So you only cut it after you get it out of the oven? Yeah. So you spread the the mixture with the whole pine nuts in it right on the whole sliced bread that has Mm. the crust cut off. cut off, toast it, and then cut it after it's out and crispy. Huh. Interesting. Maybe it like split, like runs into the middle. If you cut it in half before
1: well, yeah, it just gives you more space because I'm assuming that the cheese keeps the bread just soft enough to make it easy to cut. Mm. And I think yeah, it's gonna be cleaner if you cut it after, because like that slight baking is gonna set the cheese a little bit. I love gorgonzola. Mm-hmm. I want that now too. I know, right? Everything. All the things, all the foods. Could you like whip mushrooms? I mean, if you did a duck sal and kind of like pureed it up kind of in a similar way, I think I think it's technically possible. Mm-hmm. And with the duck cell, they're like chopped. Right, they're finely yeah. chopped. And then you like cook it down into a paste.
0: Mm-hmm. In case people don't remember that we made a duck cell before or what that is, could you just say real quick what a duck cell is?
1: So duck cell is usually a small amount of onion or shallot. And then finely chopped mushrooms cooked down to a pasty consistency (laughs) with uh, salt, pepper, and some herbs. Mm, So good. I think that would be the easier way to go. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it's obviously inspired us to kind of want to try these recipes and make versions of them that are our own. And we've only, we're still just in the early parts of this book.
1: Yeah. We have so many more. Look at all these tabs I've put in this book. Like this is the we. Re- this book is not going anywhere. This book we is have- covered
0: in tabs people. It is just <laughs> littered with tabs. Yeah there's a book under there somewhere. Mhm. Not just tabs. <laughs> but we will post this the walnut recipe and anything else that we mentioned our two favorites. We'll get those recipes up and what pages they're on, again, in the Mar- Marcella's Italian Kitchen cookbook that we are obsessed with and can't stop us now. We're just, we're, we're going to keep going.
1: We're going. We're doing it. It's happening.
0: You're all coming with us. Yep. Oh, we should go taste our walnuts real quick. And then yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can kick everybody out. Okay, let's do this. Salute. <laughs> Salute.
1: <laughs> okay, that's
0: amazing. That is so good. I love this. It's such a nice crunch with the cold walnut. And that is the perfect amount of butter to keep everything together, but not at all like overpowered with fat or mm.
1: I love that little like spice that the basil brings to it. Like that little bit of like kind of zesty, refreshing spice. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm in love. I'm in love with this right now.
0: <laughs> You're in love with the walnut. It's very delicious.
1: Like a real munchy uh food.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With a can of butter?
1: Oh, my God.
0: I was wondering, too, what a little bit of honey on top would taste like.
1: I'm sure it would be good.
0: Yeah. It would change it a lot. I mean. Yeah. When you were talking about honey and the artichoke. Artichoke? Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. But they're also like a little filling. I'm getting some protein and fiber, too. So it's it's a great way to start a meal with some. Yeah. Something, something. substantial. Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. mm Mm. Mm. I would want some white wine too. Yeah. I think the white
1: wine would be much better with the parmesan. hmm But this is not bad. My second go-around with this, the it's working with the Lambrusco. Mm. Delicious. So good. Oh my gosh. Nice job. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, Marcella. Thank you, Victor.
1: But yeah, you'll find all the info out there. It'll be on the website at some point. Highgluttony.com. Mm. Mm -hmm. we
0: also have facebook and instagram and and thank you for joining us we are so excited to keep questing and journeying with our button ears and now get out of here go home get the fuck out i'm so get the
1: fuck out take your rest (laughs) go home
0: (laughs) off we go
1: yep off off we go (laughs)